0: Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me in studio Father Chris and from the mysterious undisclosed location Father Alex Scott.
1: Undisclosed location forever. Undisclosed location life. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's that's the place to be. I hear I hear the weather's great in undisclosed location. It um, is always great. Good. So, today we are going to get really nerdy. And we are going to talk about the fourfold patristic exegesis of scripture.
2: So exciting.
0: I know. Aren't you pumped? Oh I'm, my gosh. I can't I'm, wait. I am pumped. I'm super pumped. So this is um, good stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> there are different ways to read scripture. You can read you it that.
2: standing, sitting, I think it's important kneeling. that we do
0: believe that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, there are four different ways uh, when the, when the when the church fathers uh, would approach a scriptural text they would do so from different perspectives of course the first one they would look at is the literal sense so this is one of the four senses by which you can read scripture so there's the literal sense uh can I, I think it's pretty obvious what that means Father Christ do you know what the literal sense is uh,
2: it's what is actually taking place in like the scripture that's written exactly so, exactly now I mean it doesn't mean that like literally what it says is what happened. I mean, there are some times, right, that we would say, okay, you could say- Like, book of Revelation's a good example. Exactly, right. right? There's there's
1: a literal sense of the book of Revelation that is not an historical account of what what has happened.
0: That's exactly, so yeah, I, I guess I should say literal does not mean historical. Exactly. Literal. Literal means this is what is being conveyed by the author exactly. of the text. Exactly. So sometimes yes. the author is yes. conveying history, and we do take the literal sense, meaning Absolutely. it's literal. Uh, but sometimes the author is conveying a, a a deeper message through a story, and then we we say, okay, but this is still what literally is being happened on the page. Yep. So yep. the example yes. we'll take to go through all four of these senses is um uh will you do the Israelites crossing the Red Sea? Great. You know, everyone knows that passage, and so. Uh, Father Alec, what is the literal sense of that passage?
1: So the literal sense here is um, that when the Israelites came to the Red Sea as they were fleeing out of Egypt and they were being pursued by Pharaoh's forces who had trying to to bring them back into slavery, Moses, through the power of God, was able to part the Red Sea miraculously. He was able to drive his people, the Israelites, through, and they were to uh, they came to the other side. Ready to go into the promised land, but of course we know that they hit some bumps in the road and have to wander forty years. But they've been led <laughs> out of slavery and into new life. Okay, and I think what is important to note is that when we speak about this, that's literally what was conveyed, and we also very much believe that that is historically what happened—an happened. actual event yeah. that happened in the history of the world: the freedom of the Israelites from bondage in Egypt through the power, power of God.
0: Yep. Now there are other sense uh, stories that perhaps we we. We might think this is more of a story. For example, we have our famous professor in Rome who would always say, the snake is just <laughs> a snake. Snakes do not talk. You know, we, we can we can look at the story of Adam and Eve and different things in, in, in different senses. But in this case, yeah, that, that's the literal sense. Great job. So then there are three other senses of scripture that the, the church fathers would use. And these are broadly are grouped under the term the, the spiritual sense. So like these are, we're going beyond the literal text and we're looking to see what is the Holy Spirit trying to convey through these uh, words about, about Jesus, about ourselves. And so um, we'll go the next one, which is the
1: moral sense. Uh, Father Alec, what is the moral sense? So the moral sense is how we are to take this passage as a means of us in a certain sense, drawing closer to God through the Holy Spirit, right? Ridding ourselves of sin to be more open to the movement of God within us. So we would say, I mean, like in a really base level, you'd say it teaches you the right and the wrong, but it's more about how in our pilgrim life, uh, pilgrim journey here on earth, we're making ourselves more accessible to the movement of the Holy Spirit and drawing closer to God here below uh, through the, the teaching of the scripture.
2: Right. Who are we, like, who, what does it teach us about who we're
0: supposed to be as followers of God? Exactly, and and how we're supposed to act yeah. too. So, like, how to avoid sin and and to to do good. So the the passage then that we just described the the moral sense of the Israelites uh, passing through the Red Sea. We could see this as the example for us, as human beings, to choose God, and that when we choose God, when we choose uh, acting well and and living well, uh, he saves us and he brings us to the promised land. Whereas when we choose sin, when we plunge after sin, we follow it to our destruction. And we see that sure. in you know, the moral sense would be that uh, the, the Israelites were those ones who chose good and God protected them and guided them. And the Egyptians were the ones who chose sin and chose slavery. And they ended up, you know, Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his charioteers end up at the, the bottom of the Red Sea. Okay. The next sense is the allegorical <laughs> sense. Who wants to take the allegorical sense?
2: I mean, I feel like you're getting off a little bit easy on this, Father Conrad, but I'll take the allegorical. Okay. So I'll let you do the the last one. Yeah, the last one's the best. So allegorical basically is, I mean, like any allegory, right? Something stands for something else. Mm -hmm. So uh, often, especially with the Old Testament, we'll look at how certain things are prefigurations of Christ. Um, And so, with, I mean, This is a hugely important allegorical moment in the scriptures um, where the Israelites going through the Red Sea, um, escaping slavery in Egypt is um, a foreshadowing of Christ's uh, Passover and his his passion, death and resurrection, where he entered into our death and came to new life uh, in the resurrection, just as the Israelites left the slavery and the death in Egypt and came to new life in the Promised Land, um, which, again, is even a foreshadowing of baptism. Through the waters of baptism, we enter into this new life as well. And so we see this prefigured uh, allegorically in the Israelites' crossing of the Red Sea. Yep, and
0: this, yeah, is, awesome. this is one of those reasons why this reading is read during the Easter Vigil. Yeah, exactly, When we <laughs> baptize, when we um, celebrate Christ's Passover, when we celebrate Christ's victory, uh this is the allegorical sense that's being conveyed that that we participate in Christ's own passover and that we die with him and are raised through the water of baptism and it helps and give
2: it, us a deeper sense of what's taking place in the mystery of the the Christ's uh, passover and the mystery of our own baptism <clears throat> we need these kind of physical images in order for us to understand whole oh, i had no clue that being freed from sin was freeing me from slavery um, because by worshiping God, I'm actually set free, right? I, I, we don't realize this, and yet the allegorical sense using these these images helps me figure out more deeply what is actually taking place in reality.
1: Absolutely. And, and like right around this time in the scriptures, um, we have so many. It's, it's, I mean, it's amazing to read Exodus because there's so many allegorical interpretations of things that are happening that are prefigured oh by gosh. Christ's movement, right? Like we see the Israelites um, with the manna that is about to come to them in yep. the desert, and of course that's an allegorical sense of the Eucharist. Christ Himself uses that, and then there's going to be the water and uh, the water in the desert and the pilgrim journey through the through the uh, desert to the to the promised land and all these other things. And every basically every time you see water in the Old Testament, pretty much you yeah. can look for some sort of baptismal sense. And it's all we, we reference them all the time. It's right. it's Christ. God so often saves His Old Testament people through water, and that's how He saves us too.
0: And that's that's actually a really good point that we we're not just making this up when we say, "Oh, you know, you're really reading into things as an <laughs> allegory." Like Christ Himself reads Scripture this way, and the apostles Absolutely. and the first um, church fathers all read Scripture this way. In fact, they read it more this way than they do the literal sense in so many times, so many ways, because this is they see that pregnant in these words. Uh, is is so much meaning because it's not just the words of a human being; it's the words of God. I was thinking, uh, I'm doing this uh, class uh, at George Washington University with some of our, our our young men where we're reading Dante's Divine Comedy, and Dante famously said, which is what gave me the idea for this podcast, that his um, poetry should be read in this fourfold sense uh, because there's huh. so much depth and meaning below each word, and and with a, a brilliant poet like. Yeah, you can see that. You read it and you're like, whoa, like each word has so much beneath it. And there's so much power. And we can see like God, who is the greatest author to ever, you know, exist, who is all powerful and all knowing. He implants within his scripture just the richness and the treasures. Yeah, uh, impossible depth. It's, it's incredible. And so uh, we're not just, you're not just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're just talking ourselves into believing that this is what scripture says. No, this is how Christ himself uh, read things, which brings us to our last um, uh, our last sense of scripture, which is often confused when you're going through these things with the allegorical sense, which is the anagogical sense. Mm, the um, anagogical sense. Yeah, exactly. And the anagogical sense is applying the passage towards our final end, towards the end of the world. So you could call it the, the eschalo- eschatological uh, sense as well. Uh, so you read a passage and see what does this say, not just about my life here now, but what does it say, how is it directing me towards my understanding of the last things, of, of my own death and then the coming of Christ in glory. And so again, you can see in this passage with the Red Sea, our own passage through the pilgrimage of life. And then we, we go through death, which is symbolized by the Red Sea. We go through death and we come out the other side to the promised land. And the promised land being heaven, and that all things—you know—at the end of all things, the just will be with God forever. His people, who he's called his own, and he's brought to to the heavenly homeland, and the unjust will will perish in in the waters of of the Red Sea, or the waters of (laughs) whatever whatever (laughs) waters it is, but the depths. So this this sense is kind of like the allegorical sense in in a lot of ways, but it's. Specifically directed towards last things and, mm. and reading all the texts in scripture uh, in view of the final uh, consummation of all creation, mm. which is, is God's uh, glory
1: and triumph at the end of all time. Yeah. So I think it's great. I mean, this idea that uh, you look at something like the crossing of the Red Sea, and, you know, on the one hand, you're just looking at it and you're saying, uh, you know, someone might kind of blithely say, well, that's, a, that's an interesting story or like an interesting fairy tale, just sort of like, you know, very dismissive of it as a point. But even in just like three seconds of thinking about it, mm-hmm. you suddenly realize, oh my gosh, there's there's so many lessons for us to be gleaned from this, both about how we ought to act and where Christ is in our pilgrim journey and how we're supposed to live and what we're looking forward to. And you do realize this sort of incredible thing about the scriptures once you get the hang of it, which is they're so saturated with meaning. Like yeah, you can right. you can study one passage for like pretty much ever and there's gonna be more <laughs> stuff there, you know?
2: Yeah, and the the thing that's great about it, this isn't just like, finding new ways of reading scripture it's actually revealing more about the reality that's being communicated in this event absolutely it's yeah yeah, so we're, we're not just kind of playing mental tricks or um no this is the lord intends to communicate these truths through these different ways of reading scripture
0: and i think it's important to remember that since the lord is the primary author of scripture like through the inspiring of the scriptural authors it's important to remember that like he wasn't just thinking about oh i'm going to write a nice story for <laughs> like 2000 years ago palestinians i'm going to write a story right. that is for each and every person that he had in mind while Absolutely. he was r- composing scriptures and so th- the the beauty of his work is that he wrote some of these words for you and for me mm-hmm. and and that we can we can take some of these words as really being when they strike our heart like oh this isn't just me reading some old poem from a long time ago and being moved this is christ working through the text of the word of god yeah, yeah to communicate okay well if you would like to listen to other uh talks about the word of god by people who are a little bit more qualified to speak about it than the three of (laughs) us uh, you can find more episodes on CatholicBitesPodcast.com or you can find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Catholic Bites, Bites with a Y. Thank you and God bless you.